going on, people? This is live after hours in the man cave with your host Terry Wiggs. There you go, host Mark Kane. Go, host Mark Kane. Go. First and foremost, NBA first round playoffs. Almost getting up to a wrap up, wrapping things up rather. And so far, as these playoffs is going on, the Celtics swept the Indiana Pacers. Kyrie Irving was happy because, you know, this is the first time winning a playoff series with no LeBron. But if I was a Celtics fan, I would, uh, right now, they look like they probably will, if they play like this all the time, they might be the best complete team in the Eastern Conference, but you gotta, you got to realize they did play a weaker Indiana Pacers. I'm not going to knock the Indiana Pacers because no Victor Depot, but I still want to get them kudos to holding on to the fourth seed like that with no Victor Depot because, you know, people had written them off the ship. And these guys kept it going through the injuries and the adversity, different line of situations, you know. Uh, and Nate Matt Miller should have been to me coach of the year because Victor Depot went down kind of early. Right, I think right. it was after, after it was nothing is before the All Star break, if I'm not mistaken. So you're talking about before yeah, All Star break. It was. So it was before the All Star break, and people had this team not making the playoffs. Even myself said, "Man, this is gonna be tough." No Victor Oladipo. I said they probably could be no no more better than the AC or probably a nine seed. But this team still kept it together and fought through adversity. So you're looking at where Kyrie Irving had 14 points. The other night, then Gordon Hayward, I thought he played his best playoff basketball so far as being 20 points. Guy couldn't miss. He was defending. As you know, as the season go by, I think he's one of the guys that people was worrying about what Gordon Hayward is going to do in certain situations. When you he's out there playing, what you what you seen? What you thought was well, this is one of the strongest part of the games, Marcus, in this sweep? Finding his legs, his win. Or just being more aggressive? I think he was just uh, more aggressive. Uh, I think a lot of it came because uh, Boston finally, like, got got people to, you know, uh-huh. own their roles. You know, like, everybody wasn't, you know, trying to be the, the go-to guy. It looked like they was all pretty um, comfortable with Kyrie being, the, you know, the main guy, you know, and everything else fell into place. You know, and then that way Gordon Hayward, you know, he, he can come off the bench and and find, uh, you know, looks and, and scoring opportunities much easier because everybody is not out on their own, you know, just, just trying to get theirs. Mm-hmm. So he comes in and they just keep the system running, keep the offense running. And, you know, he just pick and choose when he can score. And, you know, it may, in the long run, it should help him out. You know, next round they're going to really need his output off the bench, you know, to overcome a team like the uh, – you know, the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, I agree with you on that 100%. The one thing I'm going to say, I thought the team played better offensive basketball with no Marcus Smart because Terry Rozier is a nice backup point guard to Kyrie Irving, to, to, to me. I don't know yeah. how everybody else feel out there. I think he could do a little bit more because he got the height. Yes, defense wins championships. And sometimes a Marcus Smart out there, he's a great defender. But sometimes he cannot score. When you right. cannot score like that at certain situations, it make it hard for your team to get up. But if you know you got another squad out there, like Terry Rozier, Jeff 
Jalen Brown who came together. I thought Jalen Brown had a good game with 13 yeah. points. So you're looking at yeah, guys the last stepping up. Step up. The last two games right. he stepped up. We we was talking about no Jalen Brown in the first two games. But to make to put your your stamp on the game, especially in critical moments, games three and four, what I thought was huge. And first and foremost, Marcus Morris finally woke up. He went from donut guy to me get twenty donuts. Let me get uh ten donuts glaze. <laughs> five with with uh with Boston cream, and the other five with sprinkles. He brung the whole cream. package. He brung the whole package, and and that's what you want to see from your player from day in and day out. And just going through looking at the end of the Pacers, you think about how a team like this can get stronger because you look at Miles Turner, who's a great defender, but he's only getting seven. Right. He's, just, he's the next star player under under uh, Victor Oladipo. And I thought he should have been more aggressive out there. He should have been the guy giving me 25 and 15. Imagine he gave you 25 and 15. The whole aspect of the game changed. Now, and, you know, I'm going to say this. Boston left, not Boston, but Indiana left two games out there that they could have won. They could, this series could have been easily tied up 2-2, maybe going back. They choked giving up these big leads. In the fourth quarter, and you're not going to beat a, a Boston Celtics team like that if you're going to play careless basketball. And this team is predicated on defense. And I'm looking at it as where you have no Victor Oladipo as your all-star, but the next player under him who have all-star potential is Miles Turner. Miles Turner giving you 13 points here, like he did the other night, 13 points, seven rebounds. I'm looking for him to to be in the in the in a, in a situation like this playoff time. So I'm giving these regular, these regular season averages and give me more, you know, what I'm going to lay down on the ground. I'm going all out. I want him to be out there getting at least 25 and 15. If you do that, he has to make Al Horford play defense. He's not, he's not, he's not making, it, making himself a presence out there. He's not making himself a threat. Right. I mean, they're they going to have to just step it up period the next round because the Bucks that's a t- that's like that sweep is not in doubt. You know, it was like like you said, it was a couple of games that I felt Indiana could have won, especially game three. I thought they were gonna win game three. Exactly. You know, and they and they just fell apart, you know, and if they had had Victor Oladipo, no doubt they would have won those games. In my opinion, mm-hmm. they would have won games three and four. So mm-hmm. next round the superstar is intact for Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo will play. He will play. Like a, and you know, speaking of Giannis, <laughs> he haven't what he haven't played in no fourth quarters of these playoffs. So right. he pretty much that's a whole. That's a well, that's a whole game, and he and it goes back earliest the last two games of the regular season. You talk about a a, a a whole game in two quarters of no fourth quarter play basketball. You talk about. A real Wested Giannis on the Kumbo is going to be a problem. He's definitely going to be a problem. Right. A and very, very big problem. <laughs> you got no Powell Gasol. So you're looking at Powell. It's going to be out quite some time. Then they have no uh, Malcolm Brogdon. So just imagine if they had him. Those two bad guys back. And they are a threat. 
they a threat. Giannis can get anywhere he wants to on the floor. Point blank, period. Right. Easy, too. Easy. <laughs> and, and you're talking about a guy who don't shoot no threes, no 15-footers. You know, people will say, you know, where are you going with this at? He's, to me, everybody, like you saying, Ben Simmons. <laughs> this, Jamis is better than Ben. All day long. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't even think right. that's a question. <laughs> that's, that's no question. Like, this guy named in the, in the MVP talks. And we haven't heard one MVP whisper about a Ben Simmons. But anyways, we'll talk about Ben <laughs> later. <laughs> but you're looking at Yonson Akumbo, what he's doing in the playoffs. Dude, man, it's so it's crazy how good he is. And if you could think of one word to describe Yonson Akumbo, what would be the word that would best describe Yonson Akumbo? I think his nickname is just so fitting, the Greek freak. Three. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say extraordinary. All right, all right. (laughs) Bringing out the dictionary. (laughs) I mean, there's nothing that this man can't do. He does everything, and he really put the team on his back. Put the city on his back. He's very. One thing I like about him, he's very, very unselfish. To be to be a type star, everybody say. Giannis can't be the face of the league. Why can't he? Why can't he be the face of the league? Why not? He kind of morphing into it. I mean, I've been seeing his face on Hulu uh, commercials, yeah, Hulu, Hulu uh, live Metro, cars, man. Right. right? Metro PCS. He yes. he been everywhere. <laughs> but, I mean, he got a commercial too. I think for it, like for some type of TV as well, so TV advertisement. I mean, right, Giannis right. is marketable. He is very marketable, man. Like he came to the league like what was he like six eight. 200 pounds. His rating on, on NBA 2K was a 65. Now, this guy in the upper echelon of 90s. I mean, he's scary good, man. He's scary good. With the, with the Detroit Pistons, when Blake Griffin came back, I'm looking like, hey, Blake, what you going to do? Not going to do nothing as much. They still had their way. Yeah. I think I think the Detroit Pistons front court is too crowded. With Blake, yeah, they're gonna have to do something. They're gonna have to clear out Andre some, Drummond. Uh, clear some of those guys out. I mean, when I seen Blake out there, I'm like, oh, they just gonna give him, you know, some motivation, right? And they're gonna be juiced up. And you know, they was somewhat, but I think, like you said, that front court, they got to answer that. And, and Blake wasn't, you know, a hundred percent, so. It, like it fizzled out after you know you know the opening minutes of the game, but I think uh-huh. if they if they clear out that front court, maybe get like a backup and just leave it at that. So it's Blake Drummond and a backup, you know they'd be better off and they, and they can uh, feel more the the point guard and wing position because that's why I think they weak. I think uh was it Luke Kennard? Yeah, he can come off the bench. He can come off the bench. And then you got to get somebody that's like a like a, a starting caliber shooting guard they do or small forward. And, you know, and then they'll be better off. You know, they, they got a, like you said, they got some crowding in the front court. And their front court is somewhat one-dimensional. I mean, I know Blake, you know, he, he's shooting a three now. But right. Drummond, that's all he, all he do is back down, 
and uh and you know and dunk like his uh I don't know I wouldn't say his passing game is all that great I would I would say he's a all right defender you know he mm-hmm. rebounds and you know finishes at the hoop like they need more of a like a um somebody who, who I, in another series like an Ennis Cantor you know he pick right. and, you know he pick and roll he can he's a, he can make the pass uh and he can you know get out there on um smaller guys and defend so i think they need if any this canner become available i think they probably need to take a look at filling him in in one of them front court spots mm-hmm. in detroit anyway cuz i think that's not the games i watch andre drummond he plays small to be that big and meaning by it is when he plays small he go up against guys like uh, Joel Embiid, he plays small. Uh, he go up against like Mark Gasol, he plays small. He go up against a player like Tristan Thompson and have a career night. Like you can't have you can't have your career nights on bones. Not saying Tristan is a bone. In some case, some people <laughs> might think he's a bone. But true. But you can't be having career nights. On guys who who is not known as lethal d- defensive stoppers, he can't get his funky off against, like I said, the Marcus Sauls, the Joel and Bees. And every now and then, you might see a freak Zeke, freak the freak, the freak, whatever you want to call him, the freak Greek, go <laughs> on that side. See, look, this guy's so good, we give him nicknames, freak Zeke, whatever, freak the Greek. Like he can't guard guys like that. Some guys have Andre Drummond. Needs to come with, like you said, better moves. He got to find a go-to move. He don't, he's he been in the league for almost what, what seven, what eight plus seasons, and still doesn't have a go-to move. It's that's still mind-boggling for guys to come up in the league and still don't have go-to moves. Would you should have mastered some of this crap within your first three years in the league? True, true. I mean, they got um, you know, they got Thai Maker back there too. So he, it, it, week, it's like big week. Having like an adequate, like clearing out some of the unnecessary front court players, and then having an adequate backup will also help Drummond, you know, develop some of these uh, other skills. Because in practice, it's not going to be like you know barbecue chicken every practice. You know, he needs someone who's going to challenge him in the practice sessions as well, because that's how you get better. Because if you, you know, you going against guys who are well below your equal in practice every day. When you play against like those Giannis's and guys like that in the real games, you know you're not equipped. You don't have any comeback. You don't have any, you know, uh, alternative moves you can do, you know, to get yourself out of the situation or to better yourself as a player. So right. they got to find someone who is equally as good, you know. Or I don't know how they practices run. Some practices, you know, like when a Kyrie, when a Cavs had Kyrie and LeBron, they would put Kyrie on one team and LeBron on another. I don't know if they're doing it. You know, Blake on one team and drop uh, Drummond on another. Oh, you know they're but, not doing that. Cause... <laughs> they got to come up with some some solution because the way how they look it out here against the Bucks is just subpar. Subpar. <laughs> Dwayne Casey right now is getting out coach. The Milwaukee Bucks is deep. I still think the, I still don't think the league respects the Milwaukee Bucks because I'm looking at is where you got Freed the Greek. MVP type caliber player. You got Chris Middleton, 
Like people don't re- like doesn't respect him, but some of the players in the league does because he's a first time All Star. Like when I'm looking at his game, Chris Middleton reminds me of this uh, this guy they had once upon a time that played for the Milwaukee Bucks. Folks, no, it's not Walter Ray Allen, sweet baby <laughs> Jesus of the birth. I'm talking about the guy in Michael Red. That's what Chris Middleton reminds me of a lot, playing basketball for the, for the Milwaukee Bucks. Smooth shot. Can get anywhere on this court if you want to. Only thing that slowed down Michael Red was injuries. Right. And, you know, if you didn't well, follow spot Michael on comparison. <laughs> that's pretty right. spot so, on. So if you don't follow Michael Red when he was playing for the Milwaukee Bucks, same type player. Same type player. Just 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 fast forward 12, 13 years forward now. And you get you know what? This is Michael Red. This is Chris Milton. This we this is the player we've been looking for the whole time. So, like I said, this is the things that GMs and scout, the scouting department does. This guy came from the G League at the time to come up, to be an all-star. Yeah, he definitely worked his way up that 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 uh, NBA ladder from, you know, G League um, to off the bench for the Bucks to eventually securing a starting role, and now he's an all-star. An all-star. I think. I think he has a good chance of making one of those uh, all NBA teams as well. Ooh, is it? Is we know it's not gonna be first team. What you thinking? More like third team NBA? I think. Yeah, I think he can get on the third team. You know, out of the, uh, the guards that'd be left. I mean, it depends on how how you rate um, someone like a what is it? Not like not Kyrie, but like a, a Clay Thompson. Um, you know, guys who are like the third player on. Superstar teams, you know, the Clay Thompsons of the world, the CJ McCollum's of the world, you know, like they really, really good. But would you say they're better than Chris Middleton? Like, do they, are they, are they more impactful on their, on their teams than Chris Middleton is on the Bucks? I think mm-hmm. it's about even. Right. Yay! So, we're looking at games three and four. From the 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets. We know we we know the 76ers are three games to one. True, true. Me personally, watching these games go down, not to the wire, to the chicken wire. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I'm saying to the chicken wire is something crazy always happens. There's been a year. You know how people say astrology, this is the year of the horse, the year of the fish. My, this is the NBA strategy for us. This is the year <laughs> of the referee. Oh, from, college, okay, okay. from college basketball, from NFL football, to MLB baseball, all the way down to the NBA referees, to college football, they are missing plays left and right. And the reason I'm saying left and right because it's almost like these referees are coming from the, the Buffalo Wild Wings commercial. Dude was like, hey, turn the sprinklers on. I'm about more time. <laughs> the referees are throwing flags. <laughs> they calling penalties on some, on some egregious plays. Like, you know, people still talking about the, the pass interference from the St. Louis Rams or the New Orleans Saints. Obvious. That was a 15-yard penalty. Boston been placed on a three to four yard line. We know we know Drew Brees go to work. We know that team will go on to be in the Super Bowl. But no, 
Then you look at the college basketball, the whole NCAA tournament. I'm talking about wild and bogus calls. I'm talking about calls so bad, Mr. Magoo could have seen these with his thick glasses. And I'm just thinking, like, yo, how is he missing calls in the NBA? I'm thinking Joel and B is really out here trying to hurt Jared Allen. Jared Allen, if you're listening to this, Afro Thunder, from, the, from, from that video game that should be on Dreamcast, you need to send a message to Joel B. He's punking you out there. He's hitting you all across the face, all on top of the head. And the referees are not going to give you the call because you're not doing anything bad. You got to put matter in your own hands. <laughs> Flat and simple. He play, he get, and people with clean bones. <laughs> clean. And he's laughing about it at the podium. Right. Disrespectful. <laughs> I don't know. I play basketball. And I just play harder than most. And Jerry Dudley, nobody never heard of him. He's already disrespecting those guys. <laughs> you know, one person who is taking the disrespect to heart is Karis LeVert. Karis LeVert yeah. is out there, cook, out there cooking any uh, sixer that play him. Oh, yeah, especially Ben. Any, any, I think he, what, this series, he already dunked on Joel and B twice. Right. Clean, like, easy, though. Not, not even, like, oh, is there any no. doubt? Nah, he's dunking. Right. He dunked on him. Clean. Body, body. All right. This past Saturday, I came to your house. We sat down and watched the Brooklyn Nets game. D'Angelo Russell threw the ball right to Jared Allen and three-man coverage. Why he didn't keep going to the rack and just throw a floater? I don't know. He got jammed up. He got jammed up. He's like, you know what? Name. <laughs> so, you know, they call him, he got ice in his veins. You right. I seen the ice in his veins. It froze that <laughs> hand up. He threw the ball the wrong way. He should have just threw it up with the floater and Jerry Adam to clean up. See, the one thing I noticed about the 76ers did on that particular play, they they knew that D'Angelo Russell would come down off the screen and want to throw the backdoor pass for Ali for Jerry Allen. Those three guys closed up. That's what happened. He, and he got fouled towards the end. The referee said he didn't see it. But we know he played basketball and he in the moment with that many ticks left on the second of the clock. The referee's going to swallow your whistle. They're going to swallow the whistle. They're going to let you play it. And they're going to let you decide the game. Everybody looking for the referee to decide the game every time. It's not going to happen like that under 20-some seconds. You just have to play basketball and play, and, you know, play within your means of the, of the game. And, and, you, and when we're looking at this, Looking at game three, when the 76ers get blown out the Brooklyn Nets, looking at Jerry Allen, he had 15 and six, well, 15 points and six boards. Then you go, and then remember, there is no, there, there's no Joel B. You would think with no Joel B that the, the Brooklyn Nets would have their way. But you're looking at other guys that stepped up. You're looking at Tobias Harris, 29 points and 16 rebounds. Man, you got to be kidding me. That's why they brought him there. <laughs> that's what at, said. That's, that's why they brought him. You look at JJ Reddick, he had twenty six. They didn't chase right. him off. And you know, Jimmy Butler had to give you twenty. Jimmy Butler gave you fourteen points, and but in this game this game in the case, he had seven assists and sixteen points. But the one person I like I always circle his name and they stats is Bobon. Bobon came off the came off the bench give you fourteen and eight. He's he not the fastest. Eddie. He's not the fastest. He's not the quickest. He's slow rocking guys to sleep. Is he's he pretty much almost got two guys from the rebound the ball and he's not even jumping off the ground. He's just getting the ball and putting it back in. Just grabbing it. <laughs> Wham. 
hand sometimes. One hand. <laughs> and don't let don't let chicken noodle soup come on. He might make it rain on y'all with the soda on the side. <laughs> chicken noodle soup. Right. And you're looking at where how the Brooklyn Nets be losing losing games like this. So you're looking at like like I said, you're looking at Jared Allen. He had 15 points and seven. 15 points and six is six rebounds. Jazzy Russell had 26 points. Special did we had 15. Carol's Levert is playing stellar. 26 points and seven rebounds. But the reason they're losing these games, they got outscored in the fourth quarter. 25 to 34. You're not going to win games like that. Point blank, period. They're not. And, definitely. and the sad and definitely the sad part about it, the 76ers didn't even shoot good for the three-point line. They only shot like 20%. But the Brooklyn Nets shot 40. That's kind of weird. Yeah, they getting they getting manhandled, like you said, in that paint area. They getting bowled up. Uh, ben Simmons, they know he can't shoot, but yet and still, he, he gets to the paint at will. Um, right. I mean, Jimmy Butler is down there sometimes cleaning up boards and putting them back. There's just and, a lot of things going on in the paint that you, shouldn't be for a Brooklyn team that has one of the best shot blockers in the league. By mistake, the 76ers are shooting 40%. And the Brooklyn Nets are shooting 20. When you live by the three, you die by the three. And they got Kess killed on the defensive rebounds. 39-30 in favor of the 76ers. You're not going to win games like that. And the, the fourth quarter, they keep blowing these. We keep talking about fourth quarters and third quarters. You win most of your games decided in the third and fourth quarter. You're not going to win games. You got Ben Simmons going off for 31 points with no jump shots taken. Straight come right. action. It's almost like Ben Simmons is playing 2K with himself in real life. He's smashing that R2 button. Turbo. <laughs> Turbo. Yeah, so it's no wonder that the, the series is 3-1. I mean, because like I said, they, they were running that paint area. And then, you know, with, your, uh, with them shooting, also shooting 40% from three. Oh, yeah. They, like they, they, they're doing inside and outside. Yeah, that's on, even with Joel and B missing the game. So oh, that's crazy. Was- you can call this Henry Sisters, Sherman Williams and company. <laughs> they say you they say you want we are turning into something. The Brooklyn Ness is the color and they turn them to make them some red. And uh, the Brooklyn Ness, they still they colors black and silver and white. But the way the Henry Sisters have been playing them and beating them up in the paint, we're gonna call the Brooklyn Ness black and blue. They getting beat up, man. They getting beat up in the paint. Sherman Williams, man. They say, what you need, a paintbrush? No, uh, we come with the roller. We getting this done ASAP. And that's how they play it. That's how they playing. You're looking at a game four of the, of the, of the Brooklyn Nets. But it's in it to win it. Blue throws the game away. They lose 112 to 108. And Joel Embiid is back now. This one they had the big skirmish. And right, we, right, we, right. And they're watching that. It's going back and forth. And I think this all go down to, oh, it, it's funny because they say, never give your opponent bullets and material. Now, Think the 76ers, I mean, bulletin board, I say Brooklyn board, but you can say Brooklyn board, but it's <laughs> going to be bulletin board today. So he gave the he gave the 76ers bulletin board material, calling Ben Simmons one-dimensional. If you keep him outside the three-pointer, but if you keep a defender on him, that's all he can offer you. Straight cup action. He can't shoot a jumper because he don't trust it. Basically, basically in other words, Jerry Dugley, Called Ben Simmons a bum. That's the only way you can say it. 
in those lamest terms, the way he was saying it, he sees a he's a reliability on offense. Basically, you go to him and he call him a bum. Jerry Dudley had what six points that game. The infamous three he hit in the bench in his face, had his arms out, licked his hand, and said, "What? What you gonna do?" And you're looking at Ben Simmons, he had 15 points, 8 rebounds, and 8 assists. They won the game. And what right. led to that fight, and, I, I, and people don't understand how, what led to that fight. Previous before, the little, I'll push you around my elbows, we throw balls on them. The play previous <laughs> before that, where Philadelphia scored, and, uh, and Jerry runs down the court, and picks the ball, uh, runs down the no, this is, no. This is right before the scrimmage. They go on. They on the opposite. Now Philly scored the basket. Jerry Dudley goes, pick up the ball, and Joel and B toss him out the way and throw his hands. And the referee come breaking it up. I knew that from that moment. I said, "You know what? This game is getting real chippy. This is about to happen." Sure enough, that next play on the court, where Jerry Jerry Dudley Jerry, Jerry Allen goes up for a layup and gets scraped across his face. Those all ball. Joel and B that they're punking him. And Jerry Dudley runs to going to put his hands up. He knows his team going to need him. Put his hands up. Jimmy Butler come over and knock him down. He knew you seen Ben Simmons come over and get in Jerry's face. And I like what Jerry Dudley grabbed Ben Simmons. I'm going to eject him. I'm going to wax up down too. So, right, right. This team was originally, they, these are these are real rivalry teams. So like I said, Joel and B come back with a little a day's rest. He gave you seven to ten rebounds. Circle, yeah, you see, he was a difference maker. Jimmy Bullen had 11 points and four rebounds and four assists. And, and the guess what? Guess who against? 24 <laughs> points, eight boards, and six assists. What can you do? Can't do nothing if everybody gonna fill the stat sheet. And when that skirmish happened, I said this ain't gonna be good for Brooklyn. I was like, because no. they gonna lose the it. guy who who's starting it all, Jared Dudley, who who is uh, front running. The you ain't gonna punk us, and because ain't nobody else on the team from Brooklyn. It's like ain't nobody else on the team from from Brooklyn that got that Brooklyn fight. So Philly got three or four guys like that. Like yeah, one of our yeah we rah rah. They they front line. Like Jimmy mm-hmm. Butler, front line. Joel Embiid, you know, he do all the flopping and stuff, but he's a front line guy too. So when that all went down, Joel Embiid went on like a six oh run right after that, real quick. Where and then Brooklyn, they just they was trying to pick up the pieces. Like, man, we, we lost our uh our leader. Like Jared Dudley was right. like their leader, it seemed like. <laughs> he was that real out of everybody in that squad, he was the real true veteran. Period. And a lot of people are like, who is Jared Dudley? They probably remember when Jared Dudley had braids and used to shoot on the threes with the spin of sons. That's who Jared Dudley is. <laughs> right. He had the hang time. Now he got a Super Bowl stadium in his head. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I'll circle this one. Fourth quarter, the Brooklyn Nets went cold again. They scored 17 points in the 76 or 27. Points. You cannot win a game if you can't close out quarters. You know, I always tell people this. When you watch basketball, the, to me, the most crucial quarters are your first quarter and your third quarter. Because at the second quarter, is halftime. So when you come out after halftime, the, the second quarter is going to set you what type of pace you're going to have throughout the game. 
If you play that third quarter sluggish, you're going to finish the game sluggish. If you're not playing on all cylinders, you're going to get smacked. The 76ers smacked the Brooklyn Nets. And tonight, man, I was in on, I was in, I was rolling with the Brooklyn Nets. You know, I was rolling <laughs> with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, he was. He was. And I said, I was like, hey, Brooklyn got to get this game at home. They almost had it. Careless fourth quarter, back-to-back turnovers, uh, not going to get you to win. So if, you had, if I had to go on a limb tonight and pick this game, man. Hey, Brooklyn. I don't think they play tonight. I don't think they play tonight. They don't play tonight? No, I think it's uh, it's only, uh, it's only two think games Detroit. Tonight. Yeah, Detroit and Houston. So the Detroit, Milwaukee, and Houston and Jazz. Okay, they play tomorrow night. Yeah. So tomorrow night, man, Brooklyn. Where y'all at, man? What fabulous say <laughs> Brooklyn. Hey, man. I'm going with Philly. I got to go through to close them out, man. I got to go with Philly, man. They Right now, they play like the hungry team, and they ready to go into the next round. Um, I circled this one. The, the 76ers, defensive rebounds, 43 defensive rebounds. So, wow. Brooklyn Nets, 29. That means Brooklyn is not getting... Getting no second chance shots. None. They getting cleaned up. <laughs> Jared Allen got to play like a man. He, right now he play like a boy back in Texas where he was at. <laughs> He's not playing like him. He's playing assault. He's going to have to get that together. I mean, like you said, I think they're going to clean it up, but. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna try to, I'm not going to try to. Hey, Marcus, I'm not just going to be funny, but I'm not trying to roast the dude. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to take Jared Allen serious is when he comes to the game with with fitted jogging pants on and van shoes with no socks. Yes. I'm about to go out there and, and spank you. You dress like you about to be in the Warriors, the movie Warriors. <laughs> I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna respect you. You walking around with fitted Brooklyn Nets team gear on with vans on with no socks. Yes, Joel and B, get him the business. <laughs> yeah, you deserve it. Huh? For wearing you your outfit choice, you deserve. It. <laughs> you deserve it. Yay! Then you go look at my guys. I keep telling you, Marcus, San Antonio Spurs and the Denver Nuggets. I told you, I'm telling, I'm telling like Skip Bayless, my Nuggets. Like I say, my Spurs, <laughs> my Nuggets. I was trying to tell people this for the last like three years. I said, Yo, watch out for Denver. And I was said the other team to watch out for was gonna be the Utah Jazz. They don't believe me. They can go on the YouTube channel. They're going to Tay Wiggs. Live from the man cave. <laughs> I have been calling this te- these last two teams for the last three, four years ride with them. And, the ne- and to be honest with you, the next up-and-coming team is going to be Sacramento right behind them. All Sacramento got to do is get a- another superstar, a T-free agent down there, and set things, set things right. Because Darren Fox, that's what Stephen A. Smith would say, oh, you dare to do who Who's swiping the Fox? He a stud. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, he a stud. Willie Cauley Stein is a stud. Buddy Hill is a great player, but he's on the wrong team. Damn it! <laughs> Love Buddy Hill. Love Buddy Hill. He's a great player. He's on the wrong team. 
But bunch of these guys is in the playoff playing meaningful games. <laughs> I'm looking at game games three and four, so all this is similar. So all these teams are playing similar. So I'm like Nikolai Jokic. Do you know? They 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 lost game three. Right. He gave me more. He he got game three. He had twenty two points to go along with eight rebounds and seven assists. And you fast forward to game four when they won game four, one seventeen and one three over the Spurs. He followed that game up with a twenty nine points, twelve rebounds and eight assists with the win. He gave you more. He's That's like, right. all right, we lost. He needed to. He's like, we lost. I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give you more. You look at that Paul Millsap, and this is weird because game three they lost. But Paul Millsap gave you 14 points and one rebound. He gave you one board. He looked like Paul Millsap from mm-hmm. Red Hawks. He would give you he would give you flashes of a good game. Then he would go absent. It's like you take attendance. Paul Millsap? Not present. Not present. <laughs> Next day, Paul Millsap? Still present. Still like there. Right. <laughs> So you're looking at game three. He gave you a better effort in game three, but you go to game four. The guy only gave you two points and four rebounds. My God. So you're looking at this, like, which Paul Millsap are you going to get? You don't you know. know. You don't know because he played like Jackal and Mr. High. <laughs> one day, he's like a Sour Patch kid. One day he's sweet, one day he's sour. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What are you going to do? Because you don't know. He's a, he is a, a mysterious guy out there on the floor. He look lost a little bit sometimes. But you're looking at where, same thing with Gary Harris. When they lose, he give you 12 points for rebounds of seven assists. But in a losing effort, he give you, in a winning effort, he sorry, he give you eight points and six assists. Like, that don't mix. They give you, they give you better numbers when they lose. And when they win, they give you terrible numbers. But so true. When I'm looking at Jamal Murray, man, I like Jamal Murray, the Canadian man. He's a Canadian assassin from three, man. Twenty-four points and six assists with the win. And you looking at how why he can't play like this every night. You know what's kind of bad when your head coach gotta say you gotta play more aggressive at the podium at the end of the game. Jamal, you gotta come with some edginess. You gotta play with the toughness. He don't play with the toughness. So basically, he's saying. The toughness is there, but it's for the, the coaches bring you out. They bring that toughness out. That's what good coaches do. They bring the best of you. When you ain't got no coaches bringing the best of you out, they shouldn't be coaching. That's what I'm saying. Coaches get the best of their players, and Brandon Malone up in Denver get the best out of his players. What I do like, you're looking at DeMar DeRozan. Losing effort, 19 points, five rebounds, five assists. You're looking at where is what else does DeMar DeRozan bring to take? No, he can't shoot threes. Popovich already know that. But this guy, Derek White, that me and Marcus Till are trying to find out where he come from. Who is this guy? (laughs) Like, Like, I know he's from the G League, but ain't no G League this good. Players this good. (laughs) It's like he came out of nowhere. I mean, he, he was right. doing good in a regular season. Popovich had, you know, uh, once uh, Jante Murray went out, he he pulled, he called up uh, Derek White from the G League, and during the season, you know, he'd been playing good. You know, San Antonio don't come on TV all that much. He been he was doing good, but he wasn't 
like game three good, or is like he changed the whole game. The the game should have been named the Derek White <laughs> invitation because that's what right. it was. <laughs> and that's so funny because Kid Better somebody. I didn't know who Derek White was. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> Stop your line. Mr. Skip Bayless calling you out. You did not say you know who Derek White was. I ain't know who he was either. He on 2K. He don't get no playing time with me. <laughs> and I'm going to get Popovich when credit is, credit is due. Brian Forbes, D-Lee. Danny Green, D-Lee. Jonathan Simmons, D-Lee. All these guys he bringing up from the from the D League, even though Danny Green got drafted to the Cavaliers and he they got him in a trade, what do you do to Danny Green? He said, "Look, you got the potential. I'm gonna see down to the G League, rather to the Gatorade League. We're going to develop you into a player that we need in the long run." He he developed him into an NBA championship caliber type player, Jonathan Simmons. Pay for something to get to the D League. Try that for the Spurs D League. Nobody said cost Trump to leave five hundred dollars. He turned his five hundred dollars investment, people. His he didn't need rich dad poor dad. He turned it into his like, hey mom and dad, what you think I should do? Not rich dad poor dad, the book. Mom and dad at home. What you think I should do? Son, go chase your dreams. He turned his well, I say he turned his five hundred dollar investment. I believe he's working at Foot Locker, too, if I'm not mistaken, I believe. I think he said he was working at Foot Locker or Popeye's. It was one of those two. He took his $500, anywho, and turned it around and made $48 million. No scratch-offs. None of that stuff. No instant game winner. No shots from half court. He believed in himself. He better than himself. He's playing for the Philadelphia 76ers. Popovich believed in his players. Can do good. That's all, man. Coaches got to believe. Take time to develop your players. A lot of teams are so hurried and so want to be so thirsty to win championships, they forget about how coaching the player and coaching these guys to understand the game. And that's why Pop Bishop go down as one of the greatest coaches in NBA history. Do I take him over Phil Jackson? Yes. <laughs> Phil Jackson, Phil okay. Jackson has Shaq and Kobe. And he has Jordan Mike and Michael. Pippen. Yeah. Right. He had Jordan and Pippen. You're looking at you 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 looking at Phil Jack. I mean, you're looking at Greg Popovich. Who is his main stars? Who Tim Duncan, David Robinson, Tony Parker, Ginobili, and my main man Avery Johnson. Those are his stars. Everybody else, these guys came from the G League. Respect is due, but I'm gonna tell you right now, Marcus. I've been saying this is just. The season start. The season. The, this series start. Spurs in trouble. I've been saying that the whole time. <laughs> Spurs in trouble. And the reason I'm saying they're in trouble, Lamarcus Aldridge don't come with it every night. He doesn't. Comes with. He don't come no. with the same. The same. He don't come with that same aggression. He don't play aggressive enough. That's why Portland probably was so keen for him to leave because he don't bring it every night. Just imagine if he did stay in Portland. They probably this this team in Portland has now would have swept OKC by now. That's what I'm thinking. Me personally, we gonna talk about them guys later. And you can't you looking at the Spurs how they lose this game? They got all scored in the third quarter, thirty seven twenty five. 
they shoot with twenty nine percent from the three point line with a when the where the Denver Nuggets shooting forty eight. And gotta capitalize. Gotta capitalize. Like I said, maybe this game be a little bit more different. They had DeJounte Murray. Now DeJounte Murray, like we said before, this guy off injury. Windmilling. Windmilling off an ACL injury. Windmilling. And when you look at that OKC game, Marcus. Those games been great. In Portland. Man, what can you say about that? I'm going to let you tie I'm going to let you tell the floor this one, man. I'm going to let you tell the this one, man, about that. Because, you know, if I talk bad about Russell Westbrook, I got a Russell Westbrook fan out there. He's going to come at me. He's going to say I'm a hater. He's a LeBron. <laughs> hey, one of, put like, one of our friends is a LeBron James hater. He's about mellow this, mellow that. Living in the city of Cleveland. He said the Cavs should take mellow with the first round draft pick. He said, Melo will have a championship before LeBron. I said, yeah, he did already. NCAA championship. So I told him. <laughs> That's all he got, though. That's all he said, got. I was saying, hey, we're not going to even say his name. When he listened to this, I guarantee you, he's going to call me and say, man, you big hater. Big hater. That's cool. When you're looking at this, if Carmelo Anthony would have swallowed his pride before we talk about this next, this next series, he could have followed his pride. He could have, he could have went and went home and played for the Denver Nuggets and came off the bench. And it would have been a great story. Nah, I still want starter cash. I still want I still want 25 plus million a year. Right, you know, right, right. Mellow, baby. And they say in New York, hey Dunn, you ain't getting 25 MB. <laughs> Flat out. No, man. Flat out, <laughs> right, right. Yo, yo, they're gonna be just like this. Yo, B. Yo, Melo man? Nah, son. You can't get the twenty-three million, you know what I'm saying? Like you're gonna be a starter, son. But one thing for sure, if you come off that bench though and give us like, like four mils, man, you good to go. He didn't want to do that. But I'm gonna try to fuck with this one, this OKC. Man. And this Portland Trailblazers, man, Mark. It's all yours, man. So this series has been one of my favorites to watch for sure. Because I, I thought, you know, I was uh, I was going for OKC. I thought they were going to take the series in six games. Like, that's how confident I felt about them. Even with this uh, Paul George uh, shoulder situation, I thought they had enough, you know, to take the Portland Trailblazers out in six games. But, you know, I stand corrected. I stand corrected. Dame Dollar and C.J. McCollum has been cooking OKC. Cooking them. You know, the right they started, you know, it was a good little rivalry with Russell Westbrook and Dame, uh and Dane Lillard. You know, Dame in games one and two just completely outplayed Russell Westbrook. I don't care what nobody say. He can have as many triple doubles as he wants. But Dame Lillard was dictating the whole game. He's picking and choosing when he was gonna score. He's picking and choosing when he was gonna assist. And he's defending Russell Westbrook. He ain't backing down. So you fast forward to game three. And all of a sudden, OKC gets some spine. So I'm like, oh, yeah, this, they about to show up now. They about to show up now. So they get some spine. And they start talking mad shit after that. <laughs> like, right. like they thought, you thought they would have won the series. Like, um, hey, 
before you keep riding on, I just want to say this about Dame Dollar. You seen Dave Chappelle? The yeah, series or DVD? Dame Dollar was out there. Holla, 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 holla. The whole, four, whole third quarter. Holla, holla, holla. That's all he was doing. But it's played back to you, man. <laughs> so, but anyway, um, it didn't carry over to game four. And basically, CJ McCollum killed their spirit. And so this series is over. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> All right. I'm going to piggyback on to what you were saying. <sighs> Me personally, I always said CJ McCollum, Dame, and Damian Lillard, it might be the best backcourt in the league be- between Steph and Clay. Because <sighs> Clay is, is more like CJ. They give you games where. You being all like, man, they could cook. Then Stan Clay, I mean, then Steph and Dame would come give you a game like, these dudes ain't cooking. These dudes are master chefs. You shorting now on the, on the cooking channel? These dudes are, the, I'm a, all right, new, new name alert for the backcourt of the Portland Trailblazers. CJ McCullough and Damian Lillard are crock pot cookers. <laughs> you could put meat, vegetables, broth, water, all this stuff into a crock pot. Put it on for 40 some minutes or to an hour and let it simmer. Baby, we cooking. We got a meal. That's what those guys are back there in the, in the back of Portland. These guys are crock pot cookers. And right now, and guess what I just said? The OKC Thunder. Russell Rusbrook is the meat. Paul George the potatoes. Everybody else is vegetables. Because guess what? Turn that on. Let them get hot. They start cooking. And this is what the Portland Trailblazers, they cooking them. I mean, like I keep saying, they keep saying Paul George is hurt. I understand that. What player in the NBA is not hurt around this time? You play 82 games already. Now you're in the playoffs. Now you play. You played about additional five to six games. Now you have what 87, 88 games. I don't want to hear that. How hurt these players are. We played in the backyard. We be bleeding. Got a speed out in the head. Got a busted lip. Playing games from sun up to sundown the whole summer. We sprained an ankle. But no, nah, I'm still going out there and play. We playing on asphalt right, right. with no trainers. <laughs> None trainers. Guess who the trainer was? You, you or that person that you play on your team with? Hey, man, go get Marcus some ice, man, and pull on that angle right quick. Wait till the swelling go down. Just tie your shoes up tighter. We go back out there and go at it again and win some backyard championships. I ain't trying sure. to do that stuff. And we play for free. <laughs> we play for free. Not we playing for pride. Right. Not <laughs> we playing for free 99 for bragging rights for the summer. And I just feel like I keep saying this, man. Damian Lillard and CJ McCullough don't get the respect because they're playing the small market team up in Portland. Games come on late in the West Coast. People don't stay up on the East Coast to 1030 to watch a game. Just don't happen. It just Not don't regularly. happen. <laughs> it Not regularly. It got to be something special. <laughs> it got to be special. Damian Lillard, they're going to finish OKC because the reason I'm saying it, I like Russell Westbrook. Going five for twenty and five for twenty-one—that's not a good look, man. That's, that's me guy stuff. That's not gonna get it done. <laughs> that is what you call me guy status. 
me. I got he, the commentary's like, well, he's going for a triple double. Look at him, he two us, he two rebounds away from a triple double. Or oh, he one assist away from a triple double. I don't care about the triple double. Throw that out the window. Don't even get the triple double. Let's go out here and get these guys involved. Stop he 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 played with his he plays Metador offense. He's the bull. You He's throw a red you, you throw a red flag in his face, all he sees is red gonna try to run you over. He feeds into the crowd. I'm gonna say to the crowd. I think every player does this. If a player started getting hot, started shooting threes at the person that you're supposed to be guarding or your counterpart, I guess the other players say, you know what, he can't outshow me like this. Not at my not at home, not at my not in my arena at Chesapeake Arena. Uh, yes, he did. Damian Lillard was cooking. He had 10 points. He had 10 points at halftime. And he lit y'all up again for another 24 points. I mean, what can you say? Right. In that say? third quarter, he, he took he took that third quarter over. Right. Like, it was no fight. Like, I thought Russ would, you know, have some sort of answer. The only person that was really out there competing was Paul George. And, and look, and Mo Heartless, I got, as you know, I called him before now, first time. Mo Heartless, he's actually low key hitting some clutch shots, him and the Chief, Afro Amino. Those have been hitting clutch shots. Nobody's not taking notice in that. Keep an eye on them. Because right, Terrence Ferguson, streaky. Jeremy Grant, streaky. Streaky. Uh, hey, Russell Westbrook, streaky. You know, in the playoffs, Russell Rugsburg had more five and twenty some games than any other player. It's a, it's a crazy stat. Like when he's going five for twenty, they don't win. He don't I, for a certain point. He rocks a guy to sleep, and he have a man. He watch the game tomorrow night. Look how many times he he be open, Stephen Adams, before he get the ball. Okay, the series uh, over. Terry Scott's another person to be. Mention for rookie, I mean not rookie of the year, but coach of the year. You play in a tough conference, and they keep his team between the fifth seed, fourth seed too. Come on, man! Right. Come on, man! Players, like a lot of these coaches, not get respect. Oh, like, hey, okay, see, I was right with you too. Okay, see y'all later. See you next year. <laughs> I'm going with Portland to win this right here. Um. Yeah, I I'll think they get it. They clean it up tomorrow. Well, I think they play tomorrow too. But I think it's over in Portland tomorrow. Wow. Look, I had to say this series will last. I've got two more. Well, we got four more. Two more games after this one. Well, one more. Golden State and the Clippers. The Patrick Beverly and the Kevin Durant. The gloves are coming off. I think Pat Bev. Like when we're throwing a towel in, man. I think he gave up, man. Because you got the other night, though. Kevin Durant scored 38 points in 30 minutes. <laughs> minute, man. Minute, man. Like, getting us up. When they said, look, they said he was averaging a bucket like every five seconds in that game, man. That's embarrassing. <laughs> that's embarrassing. If you're the Clippers, that's embarrassing. You thought Doc Rivers lost his voice. Well, he, after that game, after this series, Doc Rivers going to need an interpreter up there to get him sign language. He ain't going to have no voice. Ain't nothing he can do. It's Kevin Durant, man. It's Kevin Durant, man. Dude had 38 points in 30 minutes. He was 3 from 10 
the three-point line. Clay Thompson, people sleeping on. Like I said, Clay Thompson is, is almost like CJ McCollum. Well, some guys, these guys are, are crock-pot cookers, man. Forget the microwave. Crock-pot cookers, crock man. Crock-pot cookers. Crock-pot cookers. I'm patting that. If I hear TV saying that, I'm coming for y'all, man. I'm coming for y'all because it's on wax. Crock-pot cookers. Because you can cook anything in the crock-pot. You can't put anything in a microwave. Just about. <laughs> no. You can put anything in that crock pot, though. Whole meals. Whole meals. Like, a microwave is finished. And I know, you, you, how many times you, how do you cause my microwave if your stuff not all the way cooked, you got to keep warming it up? No, that's, I don't want that. I want the crock pot because it get hot. Crock pot cookers, baby. And that's <laughs> what, Clay, what Clay Thompson is. Him, Steph Curry's another one. St- Clay, Steph Curry's a crock pot cooker, too. These guys get hot. They're very special. And this team looking like they found themselves. This team maybe if if Houston don't get it together starting James Harden going over 15 in the first quarters, this going to be the Houston Rockets can wind up getting swept in that in the next round by the Warriors because now is it coming to a point we think James Harden may be a little gassed out? Hmm, they ain't said that yet. They ain't, they ain't talking about that. Could he be on his way getting to, like, a candle? No. Then you go to the church and you get the little candle thing and you heat it up to heat the food up. That's what, that's what James Harden is. Not a crockpot cooker. He just brings pressure. He's just a water pressure. He's the, he's the candle that you bring selling to your food at church, the little, the little wax, the little canteen. And once it goes out, that's it. That's James Harden. Right, right, right. <laughs> he's like a, you know what? Hmm. I'm about to take people to church. He's like a beacon candle. He's a beacon light. You light it, and once, <laughs> all the, once all the wax is gone, that's it. That's it. That's it. He ain't an eye of a stone. <laughs> all right. That, that's one series that I haven't really followed because it, it just it hasn't been entertaining to me. I'm like, oh, Houston got this series because it doesn't seem like Utah have any answers, any, none, for Clint Capella or James Hart. Even with James Harden slowing down that last game, is like he he slowed down on purpose. Right. It seemed like it, to me, like he, he just was chilling. It, you know why I think Utah might be missing something? Jay Crowder. He did this to the Cavaliers when he was in the playoffs last year. Another person. You take the you take the classroom attendance. Jay Crowder. Not present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jay Crowder. Not present. <laughs> then you call me again, Jay Crowder. Oh, he here? Oh, yeah, he had eight points, three rebounds. Like, consistency. That's why Boston was so quick to, get, to move him, because he's inconsistent. You could be you could be talented. You could be all built and cut up, but you out there, you can't get buckets. That's on you. Right. For sure. So, I think, to me, it's going to be funny because I say the negative people are like, man, you know what, Tay, Tay Wiz might have a point. But losing Rodney Hood might hurt the Utah Jazz. Ricky, you know what I'm saying? Ricky Rubio used to find him a lot open for Utah Jazz. He used to clutch shots. And the crazy thing, he could hit nothing with the captain. I think he's playing, he wasn't in the rhythm like how he was coming with Utah, come up that bench and find, find his role. But Portland, oh, he can shoot the ball in Portland. Lights out. I think he's right. in a comfortable situation. I'm looking like, man, it's kind of crazy how guys go to other teams 
and they flourish a little bit better. Maybe because of the way teammates might be talking to them, maybe the coaching staff. A, a whole lot of things coincide with that. I can't call Rodney Hood a crop pot cooker. You know what I'm saying? I can, I can call him a, oh, I can call him Mike Wade. You know, get him out there. He get hot for a second, for a second, and he and he do what he do. But man, OKC, I can talk about the OKC. They gone, man. They gone. But Portland picked up. I think that was a good piece picking up Rodney Hood because what he could do, he could spread the floor. He can create a shot off the dribble. Um, and he's a left-handed shooter, which are left-handed shooters are deadly. And when he's hot, he's hot because he gets a lot of crazy shots. Um, right. It, it, it had a, definitely a lot of depth on their wings. They can just throw guys at you. And none of them is shabby. Right. Utah, <clears throat> disappointing, man. Derek Favors is so disappointing to watch basketball. Because you're looking at, they got tough, they, I think they're the only team in the league in the playoffs that can play two seven-footers at the same time, and they can't get off. Like, like you gotta be kidding me! You should be killing the the, the Rockets in the paint. You got you got one of the best passing point guards in the league, and, and they can't score. And they can't get off. We should be reading a stat line like this every every other night from the Utah Jazz. Rudy Gobert, eighteen points, thirteen rebounds. And the other stat line should be I don't even know what I ain't even say that. It should say Rudy Gobert, twenty five points, sixteen rebounds. Derek Favors. 25 points, 18 rebounds. They should be owning the glass and owning the – they be should be scoring 50 points in the paint. And they don't do it. Donovan Mitchell, he's flaming out. Series over for them, too. I'm going with Houston. James Harden, we know. The Houston Rockets, got to keep it going. They got to keep right. it going. Hey, I'm like, going like Charles Barkley like that. The next round is just around the playoff start. <laughs> this just around the playoff start. This is about to be very intriguing. This is like college basketball. We already know the first sixty-four in the field of thirty-two. Yeah, whatever. We don't care. When you start getting down to the to the sweet sixteen and all that, that's when it starts coming alive. That's how I feel like this is. This is about, we're about to see a whole different ball game. Second second round, about to be a good one. We ain't even talk about Toronto and Orlando. Orlando just shooting themselves in the foot. This team had more halftime shots making going into halftime and being down by three than you watching the game. They lose about 15 to 16. Kawhi Leonard is just too much to handle for them, man. Quite, to me, Kawhi is kept. I think Kawhi Leonard is probably like the second best player in the league. Me personally. Me personally. Most people going to say Kevin Durant. Um, I can't knock Kevin Durant, but I'm going to just say this. Not a hater, but I'm speaking facts. Kevin Durant joined the 73-9 and team the same season when he was out 3-1 against that sanction with 73-9. and They blew a series, and the Warriors blew the championship that year against the Cavs, and he go join them. If you can't beat them, hey, kids, when I tell my kids when I get older, if you can't beat them, go join them. Ain't happening in my household. Ain't happening in my household. <laughs> we don't run with the winning squad. I want to beat the winning squad. I want them angry. Right. You want to go, you want to beat the best. I mean, or you want to play against somebody that at least put up some competition. Right. Like, uh, you can't go join, you know, you, you play, it's like you varsity, you playing an eighth grade team. Like, right? what's the fun in that? Man, we're going to slaughter him. <laughs> like, at the end of the day, everybody keeps saying, oh, it's okay, you doing this. At the end of the day, it's still, it's still Steph Curry's team. 
Where always gonna be his team. Huh? No getting around that. It's always gonna be his team. Always. No matter if he go back to OKC, they're gonna say it's Russell Westbrook team because he left. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. But Warriors, the Warriors is too much for the Clippers, man. Lou Williams did what he did. It's, it's kind of crazy that your bench guys. I think Doc should switch it up. You said Doc Richards said, you know what? This is a win game situation. I'm going to start Lou Williams and start Montrez. We got to come off the bench. And they lose it. All your points is coming from your bench. Doc should mess it up. You say, you know what? Game five, I'm starting this. Hey, Pat Beth, you got to sit down, bro. Point blank, period. Because they getting off. These guys get off when they come to the bench. They have they have they have no offensive scores. Who Gallinari? Gallinari's getting used, man. He getting he getting used and abused out there by Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is having his way. Kevin Durant is scoring thirty points in thirty minutes, man. And like I said, a sec what every five seconds you get a bucket. That's embarrassing, like you said, Mark. That's embarrassing. They gotta I mean, figure it out. They didn't woke up a sleeping giant. I mean. That first game they won, they came back from 31. You know, I was feeling like, oh, they may make it at least interesting. Not, maybe not, that, you know, win uh, two or three games, but at least every game would be interesting. But instead, they've been watchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, the Warriors just just been on their neck. Mm. I, don't think the, I don't think the Clippers got no neck left. They might be just stepping on their back and say, you know what, man, this game is over. Hey, Doc. Hey, Doc, go go home, make some tea, and grab some halls. I hope you get your voice back for next season. This series is over. Finito. For sure. (laughs) Like, this team, the Clippers, so the teams that need superstars are making themselves look very attractive for players to come meet Orlando. Toronto, not let me say Orlando, Brooklyn, the Clippers. You're talking about teams that are probably like a piece away to make that next big step into the organization. You can even say the Pacers, because I think the Pacers got one, another space for another for another superstar. You know, you got Victor Depot, Miles Turner, but if you get another superstar to go along with them, though that team can that team is that, that team is very dangerous. This is the same. This is the same. Any of the Pacers team that was given the Boston Celtics hell when Victor Oladipo was healthy. Hell. And when I'm saying hell, this team this team is this team is nope. This team is just one two players away for they where they gotta go. Right. I definitely agree. This is just one or two away. And they'd be there. They'd be straight. They, they would be straight because uh, when I'm looking at Toronto, how they match up with some of these other teams, I'm like, Toronto and Milwaukee might be the best two teams coming out the East because they they got deeper benches. They got proven players. The only thing that's scaring me about the only thing that's scary about the Milwaukee Bucks is, not the Milwaukee Bucks, the only thing that's scary about the Philadelphia 76ers, you don't know what you're going to get from their bench. So what you going to get from their bench? You don't, you don't know, Marcus. So you got Tobias here. He could be, he could be, 
He could be a little bit shaky. Do you know what J.J. Reddy is going to give you in the starting lineup? You don't know what Ben Simmons is going to give you because, you know, Ben Simmons play. He's not going to shoot, but he does find other ways to get players involved. You don't know what Joel and Beach is going to be with his injury. To, with You know, they talk, all of a sudden talk about back injuries. So we, we don't know what type of player we're going to get from the 76ers type of play. You don't know what, like I said, Tobias. We can go down the whole list. I think I think the 76ers messed up and let Landry Shamet go play for the Clippers because he's a great right. three-point shooter. They, so they need they need another three point shooter off the bench, and I thought he, he was doing good before they traded him after the All Star. But I said, "Yo, this guy actually can, sh- can shoot the rock." Right, he he was a better than advertised. You know, he's going in the Clippers series. He's one of their uh, consistent shooters off the bench, and Philly definitely could have used like even though they were winning the series, I think they could have been winning more comfortably if they had somebody like a shaman or another uh, shooting guard, you know, that right. can get them over the hump. Well, not over looking, the hump, but, you know, in a, winning more comfortably. <laughs> right. And that gives you a sense because if you, like, say Landry Shaman was playing for the 76ers, you're not expecting him to come off the bench and give you 10 or 12 points right then and there. Not, you know what I'm saying? So that's huge. That's, that's, that, one, that one may come back and bite them. Because I mean, personally, I think Jimmy Butler may leave them. So if you lose... If Jimmy Butler do leave, this team is still good because you still got Tobias Harris. If he don't opt out and go to work, because he's a free agent. So True. we're going we're gonna to see what's going to happen this summertime. Like I said, 2019, July 1st, man, the last, and I think what they say, what, the Los Angeles got $180-something million to play around with? That's another sign of another superstar and, and two mediocre guys. All right, so, so I think, uh, man, I, I don't know. The su- summer is going to be interesting, especially if, if the Knicks or um, what was the other team? Like, let's just say the Knicks. The Knicks, if they get that number one pick and they get Zion. Knicks or Phoenix, Phoenix Suns. Yeah, or Phoenix. It's going to get real interesting because both of those teams have – uh, well, at least the Knicks do. I, I don't know about the uh, Phoenix cap, Suns. They got significant yeah. cap space. So they can move things around and have a super team in, in, it, in minutes. Like, they get the number one pick. Minutes later, they can start building their super just, team. Just have the ping pong balls fall where they may lay on May 24th at 8 p.m. on TNT. Just, just say and the third pick goes to the New York Knicks. We go to the commercials, and we'll be back with the top two picks. And your last two teams left will be the Phoenix Suns and the Cavaliers. Now, I ain't know for a fact that the Phoenix Suns organization said, no matter what, if we get the first pick, we are definitely taking Jai Morant over Zion. And people are like, oh, I ain't serious? They ain't serious. They blowing smoke. <laughs> they blowing smoke. Now, what would they do draft Jai Morant first-round draft pick? You already got DeAndre Ayton and, uh, and Devin Booker. They just need a point guard. Never, they haven't had a point. Look, look the Phoenix Suns haven't had a point guard since Steve Nash. That's true. That's true. That's very true. But who's their power forward? Who's their small forward? <laughs> I mean, small forward, who's Josh Jackson? 
Like we either have Zion or Josh Jackson. <laughs> I'm going with Zion. That's a no-brainer. But John, you know what Josh Jackson reminded me of? I, I don't understand why the ceiling is so high for Josh, for Josh Jackson. Well, he reminds me of Corey Brewer. Similar build. They're athletic. Both can't shoot. But they, but they can definitely get to the hole anytime they want to. That's who he reminds me of. And you would think Corey Brewer would be on a playoff team. He's a great defender. That's what he was known for at Florida. He beat Ohio State in the national championship game for playing defense. He is a he is a type of glue guy that a team needs. Maybe go play for the Lakers. We don't know. We don't know what this summer is going to hold. You never know. Maybe Kyrie and KD might come to Cleveland and say, you know what, LeBron ain't here. Let's go win one for Cleveland. Let's go sell. We can show LeBron that we can win a championship without him. You go win. You go win. You go win a championship with a guy that you won a championship with. And you leave him and go play for the Cavs. Then you go play. Then he go play in your city. That well, guy that y'all supposed to be number one and number two in the league. He did a, a sit down with you in the car. But I keep telling people this. I don't know why I keep thinking this. I'm thinking that KD and LeBron go in the same team this coming fall. I don't know why. It looks it looks prominent to me because Kerry Champion was in the car with him on this on this segment when <laughs> it came to Cleveland on Christmas break uh, last year in the cold. I think LeBron and KD might sure. be the same team for the Lakers. I don't think the league is not ready for that. Remember, if they don't get a point guard, say they don't get a point guard, they bring Zoe back. That's all you need. You can keep a, you can keep Lonzo Ball, but if you get like a Kyrie, say if you don't get Kyrie, just say you sign Kimball Walker. That's enough for you to win a championship. That's more than enough. I mean, the, both of those guys is like. Borderline super, Man. I mean, Kimber, anyway. So, like, talking about the Golden State Warriors, they, they have a Golden State Warriors team they get those guys. Yeah, that team would be deep, you know, and, man, I think that's about it. We're going to wrap it up, watch these games tonight. Like I keep telling you, Marcus, oh, yeah, yeah. San Antonio's in trouble. Popovich is in trouble. Y- y'all, <laughs> they in trouble. They about to tell Tim Duncan come out of retirement, stop being a UFC fighter with them dreadlocks. They eat them back there on that bar. <laughs> <laughs> they for sure need that. <laughs> he don't need to be doing UFC either. So that's right. a win-win. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all know who this is. After hours live in the man cave, this your host, Tay Wiggs. And this is Mark Singer. We out of here. We out of here. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to After Hours Live from the Man Cave Podcast. If you would like to hear more from me and my man Tay Wiggs, please go to your favorite podcast listener and subscribe to us. We are just about everywhere nowadays. We're on Stitcher. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple iTunes and Google Podcasts. So if you like what you hear, subscribe to us to hear more. Oh, and before I go, please also hit up our Anchor profile page. That's anchor.fm forward slash after hours live from the man cave. And click that little purple button that says support this podcast and help us out. Peace.